I think of developing a lot of the skills that I didn't have before. I mean, a lot of, I'm a very organized person. So being able to apply to things that I already able to do in a new way and learn new skills, learn new things, um, editing a podcast, going out and meeting people. We host a meetup now. So that's been developing. How do you get people to come to your meetup? How do you get people to speak at your meetup? What is a valuable use of your time? All of those pieces. So I think realizing that you can continue to grow and learn, that's been fantastic for me. Um, the book clubs that that I've been doing with you help that personal development side. So now you're you're creating Kim 2.0, Julie 2.0, 3.0, whatever that part of your life is. And so continuing to, again, establish the skills that you already have and lean on them while still stretching and, and trying new things and, and putting yourself out there in different ways. Hey guys, welcome back to Ask Me How I Know. I am so excited to have Kim on the podcast today. You have no idea, and it's kind of cool because I feel like every guest comes on at exactly the right time, and, and circumstances just allowed for this perfect recording opportunity. But you know what? I haven't even welcomed you properly. Kim, welcome to Ask Me How I Know. Thank you so much for having me. I feel I feel honored. Yeah, well, it's super fun. Um, Kim and I know each other. So this is interesting. We met met via social media. So anyone who's, you know, poo-pooing social media, please make sure you are out there networking and getting involved in social media because that's how Kim and I met. And she's actually been participating in the five-week book and networking club for quite some time now. And it's been so much fun getting to know you through that. Oh yeah, it's been great. I I really appreciate the the time and effort that you put into it, and it's a great way for us to get to know each other and to network with others, without in a different format and in a different context. So it's been fantastic. I love it. I feel like that that club just helps people have a common talking point versus just about business. It's like, oh, here's something aside from business, and you really get to know somebody and how they're thinking through things as you're discussing, you know, the books that we read. Absolutely, I agree 100. Yeah, and it's and it's nice to have that different format and different scaffolding to have discussions with other people. Definitely. Well, Kim, before we dive into the episode, would you mind just giving a brief introduction? Who are you aside from this awesome woman that I got to meet on social media and I get to share time with him at the book club? <laughs> Who is Kim Scully? Well, thank you. So, um, Kim Scully, I currently live in Johnson City, Tennessee. My husband and I, and we have another partner, run Will Real Wealth Solutions, and we own multifamily properties um, across northeastern Tennessee. And then we also have a cute little outlier out in Wichita, Kansas. So that's been kind of fun to have that out there um, growing, investing. I'm a mom of two lovely children that are in their 20s out exploring the world and, and doing great things. So I'm super proud of that and what my husband and I have created as a business and as a family. So have you always had a multifamily investing business? No, we haven't. So we are only four-ish years in. We did small business ourselves. Then we started with a couple of turnkey single family properties. It quickly realized that that is difficult to scale 
um, made the jump over to multifamily. And like they say, you know, that first deal just turns on the faucet. Once you sign <laughs> that first deal, everybody's like, oh, hey, you can do it. You can take it across the finish line. And here's our second one came, I think, within six months of our first. So, so yeah, it's been, a, it's been a great ride and it's it's been condensed, but we're both doing it full-time now. So we're about two years of both of us being um, full-time real estate investors. And you've had and a, lot a lot of big transitions. We have. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some of those transitions. Absolutely. So we lived, we were from Alaska. That's where we are originally from. I was born there. I lived there for 50 years, the last 20 of it in the same house. Um, Greg had been traveling back to Tennessee and staying for, you know, four to six weeks at a stretch. And that that's difficult. I didn't like well, being. That would be tough. And it was right after we and empty nesters, right? So it was me and the dog by ourselves on 10 and a half acres. And I'm like, well, I don't really like this. And so we said, well, let's put up the house and see what happens. You know, an over ask offer within the first weekend. We're like, oh, oh, okay. So we're going now. And so that accelerated <laughs> all of that bit. So we packed up a house that we, again, had been in for 20 years and called us all well, not all. We hauled the dog, my husband and I, and we had a kid on a gap year. So she came to Tennessee with us and stayed with us for a year. So yeah, big changes for, for all of us. Those are a lot of big changes. And then even transitioning from small business into you know, multifamily, some people might view it as a small business, but you're running a quite large enterprise, um, you know, depending on how many assets you own and such. And what were some of the um, transitions, like some of the thinking that you had to do to make those transitions a reality? I think one of the biggest ones is to trust ourselves and each other, right? So trust that you have the knowledge. And you, we talk about imposter syndrome, or you don't know enough, you have to know more, you're always learning. So no matter where you are on your journey, you're continuing to add knowledge. Every time you buy a different property, it's a new, it's a brand new thing. It's just like with your kids. Each kid is completely different. Each property is completely different. There are some pieces that run through it, but, but making that work. So that was a huge piece, trusting your own knowledge, trusting each other, um, making the move was a big, was a bigger deal for me than for my husband. So I have a large family. Most of them are still in Alaska. So that was difficult making that transition and again, trusting myself and trusting each other made that work. And our partner. I mean, we have another partner that was down here previously. So so knowing and, and depending on each other has been what makes it work, I think, the best. Yeah. And those transitions, um, they're key and being able to trust yourself. But how do you actually trust yourself? You know what I mean? Most people get into their head and they're like, well, am I making the right moves? Should I leave Alaska? Should I go to Tennessee? Is this really? So what do you do when all those, that doubt sets in? How did you manage it? Um, I took a big deep breath and kind of jumped. So Greg was coming to Tennessee because we had a property here. I mean, we, our business was here. So it was a huge heavy lift. We went from, we went to zero occupancy Oh, wow. After we bought it. Yeah. So we went from 63. It's a 60, it was a 62 unit, zero occupancy for 
an extended period of time. So we, we needed to be here. So that was part of it. The business needed us here. Mm -hmm. Um, Our kids were off doing things. So it it was like, okay, so maybe it, it is time to kind of hold your breath and, and jump knowing that you weren't, I guess what's the worst thing that can happen, right? The worst thing that can happen is it all goes sideways and we move home. And, and I don't mean to call Tennessee not home because it has become home. But if, if it all goes absolutely sideways, we can always go back. And I would much rather, that sounds super cliche, I'd much rather try and fail than never try and go, gosh, wonder what would have happened had we gone for it. Oh, I, I makes so much sense to me. Um, and that concept of giving yourself, that's actually, um, a lot of people have a difficult time giving themselves the permission to say, well, this might not work out. That's okay. That's not the stopping spot. I can, I can go back. Um, there's usually so much permanency when people are making transitions that it's like, well, this is just how it's going to be. And it's going to be, that's how it will be forever after that. And it's like, well, actually you're going to transition and you don't know what's going to happen once you get to that point. Oh, for sure. And I, I kept thinking in my head, what both, I never left Alaska to go to college. I went to Alaska in, or I went to college in Alaska. So I never left. Both of our kids did. And I remember saying to them, well, there's no shame in coming back. Go give it Mm -hmm. a go. Give it a try. There's no shame. And I'm like, well, why doesn't that apply to me? Why does that apply to to what I want to try to do? And so, and living living my life as an example for their lives, right? If I'm afraid to do anything, how can I encourage them to do anything that they're afraid to try? Right. Do you feel like it was easier to make that transition where you were at in, you know, life cycle wise with kids that are young adults and not uprooting them? Do you think it would, how did that influence your move? Um, I think it was more so for me comfortable that way than for Greg. I think he would have done it no matter what, which is also helpful, right? Having a partner, whether it's a business partner or a life partner ready to go, that, that helps you as well. For me, knowing that they were kind of, um, I don't want to say done with their time with us, but they were really done living with us. They weren't going to live with us anymore. And that, that's a, it's a bittersweet gift, right? You're super happy that they can go and explore these, but you're a little sad. So it was the timing worked really well in our life for them to do their thing. And then for us to do our thing and we're able to support each other because you're right, they are young adults and they're able to, you know, throw some encouragement out there occasionally too. So that's been really nice. Oh, that's nice. when it comes full circle, full circle back to you and everything. That's super neat. So when you think, um, you know, middle years of life, could you, I'm just kind of putting a lot of this together in your story. And I'm looking at just this evolution that people make throughout their lives. And not everybody's willing to make those, those jumps or or across these lines. Um, But I'm seeing that there's something magical that happens in the middle years of life. And, um, a lot of people that I am coming in contact with, like you are really maximizing the middle years of life as this really great opportunity. Maybe even like, I'm starting to call it like the rebirth, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm, 
another life almost. Like, does it seem like you're starting a whole entire, like a new life almost now that you're in Tennessee and you've. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way to put it. Right. So when you're, I don't want to say when you're a mom, when you're a parent, you have, I call it this hobby, right? I have this hobby that consumed all of my time. I stayed at home with the kids. I was a substitute teacher so I could be at home with the kids. I mean, all of my choices, not choices, but a lot of the things that were happening in my life for those, you know, 18, 20 years, well, it was longer because they were, you know, there was time in between them was revolving around getting them set up to go. So now they've gone and now I'm like, okay, so I need to set up and take care of me. So, right, you do it as a, at the beginning where you learn how your life works and those first time when you're with your parents. And then now it's my turn to kind of figure out where, where I want to go and what I want to do because I'm definitely a different person than I was when I had my kids. I'm not, that's, it would be sad if I wasn't the same person or if I was the same person. I always think about life when I was a child, I, fourth grade, I remember distinctly thinking, I don't have enough lifetime to do all the things that I want to do. Like I felt really frustrated that I only got one lifetime to live and that I wouldn't be able to accomplish everything. And yet now, you know, in my mid forties, I realized that I've done so many of the things and more that I wanted to do. And I feel like, you know, that those middle years and what you are doing, you know, Hey, we just moved. We did this big thing and taking those risks almost adds this like whole new smart spark and dimension to life that oh, sure. some people might miss out on because they don't want to take that risk. And I think that can apply really to any time in your life, right? So mm-hmm. when you're in fourth grade and you think, oh my gosh, I don't have enough life and you start doing things or when you graduate high school and you're, do I go away to school? Do I go to school? Do I go to school? What, what does my life look like? So there's always opportunities throughout your life to, to evaluate where you are and, and what comes next. What, what do you want to make of your life and how does that look moving forward? And I feel, I feel grateful to have a partner in my life that wants to take risks as well. I think that's part of it too, is, is re, we're readjusting, we're re, relearning each other. Because when you have those little people running around, those little humans taking all your time, you know, he said the other day to me, he says, well, what did we used to do? Like, it was the evening. I'm like, oh, what should we do? What we I'm like, well, we had kids. We were reading to them or driving or helping homework or taking them here or just playing. So it's, it's definitely, there's always an opportunity to grow and change and take that risk and, and realizing that. A failure is not the end, right? And a failure is how you define it, not how anybody else defines it. So if by moving and it works great, that's awesome. If by moving and it doesn't work out quite the way you wanted, well, you've learned. A great example is I took both of the kids on college tours when looked at different colleges. And one of them was very, what if I don't like any of them? And I said, then this is a success because you know that none of these things fit for you. So it's the same thing. Give it a go. And if it doesn't work out the way you think or that you like, it's a success because now you know this isn't for you. Always Um, knocking on the door of opportunity and seeing what's behind it is so important. 
totally scary, not easy to do, but remembering that you define failure, you define success for your own self, I think helps a lot. Definitely. Definitely. So when you're thinking about these trends, we've, we've spoken a lot about transitions and kind of some of the life cycles. Um, and now you've gone from being, you know, wearing the mom hat primarily, and that's a focus and sending kids off into the world as, you know, thriving young adults. And now you have time to focus on you and this business. So how does that, what does this look like? Kim Scully, you know, 2.0, you know, it's like, (laughs) what is exciting to you about that transition and actually developing this business? I think of developing a lot of the skills that I didn't have before. I mean, a lot of, I'm a very organized person. So being able to apply the things that I've already able to do in a new way and learn new skills, learn new things, um, editing a podcast, going out and meeting people. We host a meetup now. So that's been developing. How do you get people to come to your meetup? How do you get people to speak at your meetup? What is a valuable use of your time? All of those pieces. So I think, Realizing that you can continue to grow and learn, that's been fantastic for me. Um, the book clubs that, that I've been doing with you help that personal development side. So now you're you're creating Kim 2.0, Julie 2.0, 3.0, whatever that part of your life is. And so continuing to, again, establish the skills that you already have and lean on them while still stretching. And, and trying new things and, and putting yourself out there in different ways. It's so much fun for, for some personalities. And I think you and I are kindred spirits in this regard, that type of excitement, it brings excitement versus, you know, we don't want to just crawl in a hole and be like, Oh no, this is too much. It's more like, wow, this is exciting. It, you know, our concepts of defining failure, it's like, well, if I'm going to be a failure, if I don't try, I mean, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out, but I don't want to have that, you know, question mark in the background of my head, but that willingness to adapt and to learn new skills, it just for, I believe it just continues to make life sparky and fun. That's a great word, sparky. Yeah. And fun and interesting, right? It doesn't all have to be And it shouldn't all be drudgery. I mean, there are parts of it that are going to stink and you're not going to want to make that phone call to the broker or call this person to see if they want to come be at your meetup. Some of that stuff can be uncomfortable, but when you get to the other side, you're like, oh, wow, look at me. Look at me. I did this. I know how to edit a podcast now. I can launch a podcast. I can tell us a little bit about your podcast. So um, we do, it's actually more of a long format podcast. So they're about an hour long. The episodes are Greg and Darren host. We have lots of different people coming on from operators to brokers. Um, The one we just did that I just finished editing this morning, we do a series called The Road to 500. So it's like those first 500 units kind of is by the time you get there, you've worked out some of the kinks and some of the systems. And so the idea is to share those systems with um, people that listen and kind of help you get further along that road to that magic. We just picked it as a magic number. There's a, well, it makes a lot of sense though. You know, the law of the first deal, the road to 500. I like it. Yeah. Things like that make it easy. So that's been really fun to do that. We're meeting a lot of really interesting people and 
learning some really great stuff. Yeah, action, actionable, that's the big word, right? Some, some things that you can actually take steps on to make things work better for your business. Definitely, that is amazing. Kim, um, as we wrap this up, are there any other gems, nuggets, anything you want to circle back to or add um, for the listeners? Well, I think, you know, we talked about transitions and we talked about trusting yourself and failure, but I think one of the most important things to remember when you're making these transitions is that you have to like yourself, right? You have to like what it is that you're doing. So if you are not happy, I don't even happy is the right word. If you're not interested in what you're doing, those transitions are almost useless, right? You have to be interested in growing and looking at the world through new eyes and trying to find those pieces in there that spark that are, that are sparky for you and make it worth getting up every day. That's so true. It reminds me of uh, the book Super Coach by Michael Neal that we read. And mm -hmm. in his section, the session, as he calls it, on uh, how to be financially free the rest of your life, it talks about being able to like do working in a way that you love. Like, don't do anything that you don't enjoy or love because then you're going to be working every day of your life. But. Well, and especially in this business, because it's not Monday through Friday, eight to five, right? Sometimes no. you're on the weekend, sometimes you're in the evening. So if you're not interested in what you're doing and, and find value that way, you're going to be frustrated. And, it, and every transition is going to be difficult. And every day is going to be like ugh, the grind. And I just, I don't like the grind. I like the adventure. No, the adventure is so great. Someone just had a, a post and they and it basically alluded to the fact that your work, the same concept, your work should be something that you enjoy part of your life. And we were commenting, I was, you know, you know, just dialoguing back and forth with my friend on this. And, you know, it's like I commented back. He's like, Well, you know, do you do what you love? Like, is your work part just part of your life? And I'm like, yeah, everything I do is just another extension of, of who I am. And so, yes, it is work and I have to have boundaries for family and things like that. However, if you view it all as the grind, like you said, especially in real estate investing, there are a lot of weird hours <laughs> that you end up working, especially when you're launching a business and getting it off the ground initially. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, and grind does not sound fun. No, like nothing about that word even sounds no. remotely like something I want to do. Sounds but miserable. Sounds absolutely miserable. miserable. <laughs> to it make it up. But yes, you're right. Boundaries, because it's easy, especially now it's just the two of us to let business flow into everything. So the boundaries are also a huge part of making sure that it's something you enjoy and that you're interested in. Yeah, definitely. Kim, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you to find out what offerings you have and um, to find your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is realwealth.solutions. You can find all of the links to podcasts and blogs and all of those. My email, I'm happy to share, is kim at magpie-ventures.com. So that's kim at magpie dash ventures.com and it's realwealth.solutions and you can find all of our stuff there. I love it. Thank you so much, Kim, for joining us on this episode. Well, thank you so much for having it. It's been lovely. The time has just flown by. It just has a tendency to do that. <laughs> it does. 
to all you wonderful listeners, please remember, live big, love bigger, and go find your freedom. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Ask Me How I Know. This episode was brought to you by Three Keys Investments. They are dedicated to helping people like you. Yeah, you, my awesome listeners, develop passive income and legacy wealth through multifamily investing. Feel free to check out their website, threekeysinvestments.com, to see if there is an offering that will help your portfolio grow and meet all of your needs. If you haven't already rated, reviewed, subscribed, liked all of those bells and whistles, I would be absolutely honored if you would do that for Ask Me How I Know. Thanks again, and go make it a great day.